Man, what an incredible song. I know I referenced that song last weekend in Easter, and that really is the story of Easter, man. That is what God did. He turned a grave into a garden. And if you were here for us in Easter last weekend, we talked about that very fact. We talked about the fact that, that with the gospel, that death went from being an executioner to a gardener. And that is what we're celebrating. That is what we're singing about. And so if you are new with us this weekend, or if you were new with us last week, man, we're so glad that you are here. I can't wait for us to talk about that today. And we're gonna just kind of continue right after Easter or right out of Easter from last weekend about what God does and how we believe in what God did. And so why don't you pray with me this week and then we'll jump into our message for today, all right? Pray with me. Father, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you, God, that you have given us um, the same power, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. God, and only you, only the gospel, only the story of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection can turn the worst circumstance into the best circumstance, can turn it from a grave into a garden. And so, God, we're so grateful. As we open up your word today, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit, God, would fill us. Your Holy Spirit would draw us in as we do want to exalt you. And God, we thank you for that promise that you draw us together. And God, as we open up your word now, we are submitting ourselves to you, to your authority, because we know that the Holy Spirit takes the word, God, and opens our eyes and opens our ears with it. And so with the word of God and the spirit of God working together, God, we know that you can change graves into gardens. And so God, we ask you to do that today. God, we thank you so much for who you are and for what you're doing and how we can trust you even in these times. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have a Bible, once you go ahead and open it up, if you don't have a Bible, find one or maybe use your phone or the app on your phone. We're actually taking a break from Romans. And I know if you were here last week and I said, we're gonna jump back in to Romans this week, but we're gonna take a two week, at least a two week break. And the reason being is because coming out of Easter, there's something I referenced last week and again in our Easter message about this We Believe campaign that we're starting as a church. And so I wanted to take a, a couple weeks, and as we talked about this and prayed about this as a staff this week, we really wanted to kind of just sit here for a little while, because during this time, we really need to nail down, if you will, our beliefs, because we really have to have something to hold us up. You know, one of my new favorite quotes is, during a crisis or during a storm, are we going to go with what we feel or what we know? And so it's so important for us to base our identity, to base our life, the foundation on our life on something that doesn't change, on something that's eternal. And so as this has kind of rocked all of us over the last month and a half or so, it is so important for us to come back around and reinforce our, our foundation, our belief system, if you will, the thing that is holding us up. And so we wanted to, to kind of really focus on that. And we're just going to do a two-week mini-series called We Believe, all right? So we'll jump back into our regularly scheduled programming, into Romans, all right? We're going to finish that out, I promise. But we wanted to just take these two weeks coming out of Easter and kind of package it together with Easter, if you will, in a two-week mini-series on this subject of 
we believe. And it comes out of a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, really a set of verses. So again, if you have your Bible or an app or whatever you want to use, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, all right? It's right after the book of Romans. You got Romans, you got 1 Corinthians, you got 2 Corinthians. And the New Testament, those letters are just organized from the kind of the biggest or the largest, at least Paul's letters, to the smallest. And so this is right after Romans. And this is a letter that Paul is writing. It's called 2 Corinthians because it's the second letter that he wrote to them. And there's some things that he was building out, kind of the first letter in 1 Corinthians, he was dealing with a lot of problems that they had in the Corinthian church. And then in the second letter, letter, he's really building out some core beliefs. And that's what I want us to see in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to focus on verses 13 through 18. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. And two verses, the first two verses in verse 13 and 14 really form where we got this phrase, we believe from, and it also connects us back to Easter. So let me read those for you and we'll jump in, all right? 2 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, chapter 4, sorry, verses 13 and 14, it says this, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed And so I spoke, he's quoting Psalm 116, verse 10. And just kind of a crazy thing about this is that's the exact same song, uh, Psalm I did our weekly devotional in this last Monday. And so if you're not following us uh, on Facebook Live, we're doing a Facebook Live devotional uh, Monday through Friday at noon. And I did the Psalm 116 this week. And at that point in time, little did I know that I was going to be changing up these messages. And so it's just kind of cool to me that now we're doing 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And he quotes Psalm 116, the exact same Psalm that I taught on earlier this week. So he quotes it. He says, I believe and so I spoke. And then this phrase is what I want us to focus on. We also believe and so we also speak. Verse 14, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Man, this is loaded. And this is why I want us to take some time over the next two weeks and really dig into these verses and what he's trying to get at. First, he says, since we have the same spirit of faith, since we have the same spirit of of faith. That's what's so crazy about the gospel. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, I don't have this verse on the screen, but I just want to read it to you. Paul says this, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And so in this section to the Corinthians, Paul says, listen, we have this same spirit of faith. We have the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And so he says, since we have this same belief, since we have this same spirit of faith, according to what was written, again, quoting Psalm 116, verse 10, he says, we also believe and so we also speak. And so this is what I want us to really drill down to. What is it that we believe? What is it that we also believe. Because see, here's what is to be, here's what I know to be true. All of our behaviors, whatever it is that we do, are an outflow of what we believe. So whatever it is that we do, however we act, is an outflow of what we believe to be true. And so your behaviors give away your belief system. 
And so in this time, this crazy time that we're in, it is so important for us as believers to have a rock solid belief system so that we can then behave out of that in a way that not only honors God, but doesn't make us go crazy. Doesn't make us go insane. Doesn't make others around us go crazy or go insane. And so we have to really drill down to say, what is it that we also believe? Just the title of my message today. We also believe. And I love this phrase here because also is what's called an emphatic conjunction. And so he's saying they believed it then and we have the same spirit that they have. So we also believe it now. But we have more reason to believe it now than they did when Psalm 116 was written. Because see, in the Old Testament, they were looking forward to what God would do. They were looking forward to God fulfilling all the promises that he had made. But now as believers in Jesus, who are now, you know, almost 2,000 years beyond or past, when Jesus was uh, lived and then died and rose again, we now can look back at that. And so if they were looking forward at something that they hoped would happen, we now can look back at something that we know did happen. And so our belief now is not based upon promises that will be fulfilled. Our belief system now is based on promises that were fulfilled. And so I love how he says, we also believe. We also believe. He is, he is saying that emphatically. He's saying we also believe and we also speak. Why? knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us with Jesus. Knowing, you better know. And this is what, I, again, I want you to see. Your behaviors flow out of your beliefs. So what you do flows out of what you know. So he says, we also believe, so we also speak, knowing that he who raised Jesus from the dead will raise us with him. And so this belief system that we're talking about, ironically, two Easter's ago, so Easter last year, as we were teaching through Romans chapter three, I talked about this word believe. And this word believe is the Greek word pisuo. And it means not to believe that something exists. It means to believe in something. And the example that I gave Back then, that Easter service, again, not last weekend, but last year, was just imagine you're on the side of a swimming pool and your father or somebody that you care about is in the pool and they are saying, hey, jump to me. And they have their hands out, right? And they're saying, jump. And so a lot of us have gone through that experience. I remember going through that experience myself. I remember going through that experience as the father with each one of my kids. Well, this word pistuo is the difference between believing that the person in the pool is my father or that person in the pool is somebody that I know and I care about. I can believe that, but I don't pursue out. I don't believe in until I actually jump, until I actually place myself into the trust, into the care of that person to actually catch me. And so the difference in a belief system is not just believing that Jesus was raised from the dead, but actually believing in the fact that Jesus raised from the dead and therefore he will raise you too. And so there's a lot of people. In fact, I would say that before this crisis, there was a lot of people that would say, oh yeah, I believe that. 
I believe that happened, or I believe that. But the real question is, well, do you believe in it? Are you trusting in God? Not just you believe that there might be a God or that there might be a big man upstairs. I hate that phrase. But are you actually trusting in God? Are you actually placing yourself, you know, jumping off the ledge into his arms and saying, no, I'm trusting in. That's what Paul's getting at here. So he says, when we also believe, he's saying, listen, they jumped in the Old Testament and they didn't have as much evidence that we had that God would actually fulfill his promises. But now we can look back knowing, we can look back knowing that he who raised Jesus from the dead will raise us also. Why? Because we have the same spirit. That's what Paul says in Romans 8, 11. He says, we have the same spirit living in us that raised him from the dead. And so when you believe that, when you know that, right? When you live your life with that rock solid foundational belief system, it changes how you behave. You don't freak out as much as everybody else around you. You're not all worried about everything else. It doesn't mean that you're not wise or you don't have appropriate concern or you're not on top of things or you're not even praying for God to heal you. Again, maybe, maybe you got sick. Maybe somebody you know got sick. Maybe you lost your job. Gosh, over 20 million people have lost their jobs in a matter of a month. And so I get it. It's really easy during this time to have the kind of the foundational system that you built up around you kind of chipped away at and it becomes harder to actually trust and believe. But this is where, again, and I know I'm a little weird and you may think I'm crazy, but this is where as a pastor during these seasons, I actually get a little bit excited because it forces people to work out their beliefs in real time. It forces people to say, I don't just believe that, I'm believing in. I'm believing in God to get us through this. And that's why I wanted us to take some time over these next two weeks and really work out our beliefs. Really work out what we know. Because again, there may be some of you here today and you don't know it. There may be some of you though that you know it, but you forgot it. And this crisis has forced you and reminded you to say, well, well, if God is this, then I can trust him in this. And so what I want us to do is really, this is why we're doing this whole campaign, this is why we're doing this whole mini series, is I want us to take some time and really work out what it is that we believe. Because if Easter is true, then anything is possible. If Easter is true, if God could come back from the dead, if he could beat our greatest enemy, if he could turn the grave into a garden, then he can work out anything. And we need to know that. And I want to highly encourage you not only to know that, but actually spend some time with your family and work it out and write it down. In fact, that's one of the things, and I mentioned this several times at the beginning of this year, if you were here but I was in a pastoral coaching group at the beginning of this year. And, and again, because our whole theme for 2020 is the theme of integration. And, and we as a church, we want to be integrated people. And we want to be the type of people that integrate our faith into every aspect of our life. We don't want to live one way at church and one way at home. And so I, I really felt that, that need in and of myself. 
Another way to say it is I didn't like a lot of things about myself. It's not that I didn't like myself, but, but what I'm saying is there were aspects of my life that were disintegrated. They were disintegrated. They weren't brought in alignment. I, I didn't like that I'd be one way in this position or you know one way in this situation. And so God really began to impress on me last year that I needed to really work on being integrated. And so I was in this coaching group. And, and again, little did I know that all this was going to happen because you want to know what a crisis does. It disintegrates you really quickly, right? I mean, it, it forces you uh, to deal with people up close and personal and all this kind of stuff. And so you, you, over the last month, you may have become the worst version of yourself, all right? And so, so I get it. I mean, I've had those experiences myself. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this coaching group. And one of the things that we did in the coaching group, and we read the book, Deeper Life, I've mentioned it several times. But the first exercise that we had to do as a part of this group was we had to write out what he called our personal theology statement. Our personal theology statement. And so he had 10 statements. So I thought, man, it'd be a great idea to do 10 statements as well. And again, I'm a pastor. I mean, I preach this stuff all the time. And at first, I gotta be honest, when I had to sit down and write this, I'm like, I don't wanna sit down and write. I know this, right? I mean, I have, I believe God. But it was such a great exercise and, and really to kind of come down to 10 statements of things that, that God is this, therefore I'll do this. And in this exercise, again, just 10 statements, what I had to really kind of come to is who is God? And so the very first one that I wrote down was, my God is sovereign. My God is sovereign. And then in response to that, I had to write out a therefore. Therefore, I will trust God in all of life's circumstances. Another one was, my God is love. Another one was, my God is gracious. Another one is, my God is with me. Again, if you've been around Revolution Church for any amount of time, you know that one of my pet peeves is when people pray for God to be with us because if the Holy Spirit's in you, he's with you. Now I get it, we just pray because we don't feel that he's with us, but that was one of my phrases that I put in there because the reason why I wanted to remind myself, God is with me. So I said, my God is with me, therefore I will trust that he's with, I won't ask him to be with me, but I'll just ask him to remind me that he is with me. And so as we work through this exercise, I had to really put pen to paper to say, okay, what is the core of my foundational belief system? And here's what's so cool. Again, this was months before this crisis happened. In this crisis, over the last several weeks, I pulled those statements back out, really, like I said last week, going into Easter and preparing for this. And this verse, the set of scriptures came to my mind in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But we also believe, knowing that he who raised Jesus from the dead would raise us also. So just working through those belief systems and reminding myself, my belief system is holding me up. My belief system in who God is, it's what's going to get me through. And so what we want to do as a part of this campaign, again, is we want you to spend some time and actually write that out. And so what we're going to do, in fact, if you're on our website already, you can see this whenever the service is over. If you're not on our website, you can go to our website and there'll be a tab on our website that says, we believe. And it'll look a lot like this. All right, hold with me here. I know camera guys, you got to follow me along. We came up with this graphic and, and this is what I want you to see. The whole We Believe campaign is a statement saying we believe. Then it's got the verses on there, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. And then our website, Revolution 
Church. Here's what's cool. We actually bought 400 of these road signs, all right? And we're gonna have some at our Canton location and our Jasper location. And we actually want you to come pick these up this week, all right? You can come to our campus. You can drop off some food for the food, uh, food supplies that we're needing. Again, that information's right on our website. It'll be right next to, to this logo of the We Believe campaign. You can drop off some food. You can pick up one of these road signs. And then here's what we want you to do. I want you to put that in your house. Put, and not in your house, but in your yard somewhere. And then we all have kind of all kinds of social media stuff for you to share. And I want you to share these We Believe statements that you've come up with. But again, back to this exercise, you got to first come up with them. So here's a very simple format that I want you to use to come up with these things. In fact, this is my point for this week, all right? It's here on the screen. It says this, we believe God is blank, therefore blank. And let me show you what I mean, how you use this. So you would write out, again, taking one of my beliefs, we believe God is sovereign, therefore we will trust him in all of life's circumstances. So that's how you would work this out. So we believe God is sovereign, therefore we will trust him. And here's what I think is so awesome. And, and again, we really wanna continue as we're meeting at, as the church in homes, we want you to take some time in this season, not only to spend time with your family, but make it productive. And so if you were with us last week in our online devotional on Good Friday, we talked about how to have a Sabbath with your families. And I hope you did that on Friday. And again, we still want you to do that, not just a one-time thing, but a weekly thing. I hope that becomes a rhythm in your family where you're taking time. And again, it doesn't have to be Friday evening to sundown on Saturday, but that is the traditional time of when Sabbath occurs. And this is another exercise that we want you to do as a family. So again, all this information is on our website. There's actually a worksheet on there that you can go and download that has this very simple format that we want you to work through. And so I would say at least get your family together, whoever is in your family, even if you're single, this is a great opportunity for you to really work out what it is you believe. And so pre, uh, print out this thing, or you can do it, you know, you can download it, do it on your iPad or whatever you have, and then actually write out these phrases and have a conversation with your family and say, what is it that we believe? Do we believe that God is sovereign? All right, let's write that down. And then let's write the therefore of how we will respond in light of that. God is sovereign, therefore we will trust him. God is love, therefore we will rest in that. God is gracious, whatever it is. And here's the two qualifications, all right? It's gotta be scriptural. So don't come up with some off the wall thing that you can't support by a verse in the Bible. All right, so whatever phrase you come up with, make sure you have a verse that actually supports that. So that's the first thing. The second one is make sure it's personal. So make sure it's scriptural, make sure it's personal. And here's what I want you to do. Again, I want you to take these verses as a guide and say, since we know that God raised Jesus from the dead, we also know that he will raise us with him. And then what happens, you let these belief sentences, these belief statements become the bedrock for your life. Whenever life is tumultuous, whenever you're going through a storm, whenever you're going through a season, again, you have to ask yourself the question, am I going to go with what I feel or what I know? But the problem for a lot of us is we've not ever really worked out what it is that we know. We've not really taken some time. And this is what discipleship is all about. 
And so we can use this as a time to disciple ourselves and disciple those around us in our families or in the circles that we're in and actually work it out into saying, what is it that we believe? And then you take those beliefs and you start to work them in. And then the next thing that he says, and we'll get into this more next week, he says, we also believe and so we also speak. And this is why we want to give you the road signs. This is why we want to give you all the social media stuff is I want you to put this on your social media platforms and then start sharing it simply with the hashtag we believe and then share out some of your belief statements. So again, the, the example I've been using, say, we believe God is sovereign. Therefore, we will trust him. Because here's what I know. There's been a lot of things that's been said over the last month and a half and not very much of it has been encouraging. And so the world needs to know what the belief system of the church is and see the church being the example of letting their belief systems inform how they behave, how they act in the public arena. And so again, we want you to share this. If you get the road sign, take a picture of it with you and your family, put it up on social media, hashtag we believe, and then write out what your beliefs are. Again, we have logos and icons and stuff for you to put on all your social media stuff, everything for you to screenshot, fill out. I want you to start sharing this because what I want it to be, I want this to be a faith building time for you and your family. You have a unique opportunity. In fact, just this last week, as I was, again, thinking about this message, I just started a, a notes tab in my, on my phone of what I'm just calling shelter scriptures. Shelter scriptures. Just scriptures that God taught me during this shelter in place time that will then in turn shelter me. So I want you to think about that. Scriptures that God taught me during this shelter time that then will shelter me, will protect me. And this is one of those shelter scriptures that I came up with or that I feel like God led me to because if God raised Jesus from the dead and I know he's going to raise me from the dead, I don't have to fear, which is where Paul goes next. Look at verse 15 and 16. He says, for it is all for your sake so that grace, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So Paul's, again, I want you to see this. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church about his belief system, his bedrock belief system about the fact that they will be raised from the dead with Jesus. And so he says, this is for your sake so that grace will extend to more and more people. You know, we talk a lot around here about multiply because that's our vision. We want to be the kind of church that multiplies. Well, think about this again. And I referenced this at the beginning of last week's message. Right now, we can be scattered like seed or we can be scattered as seed. If you're scattered as seed, you realize you have the power of God living inside of you, the same spirit of faith. And now, God, you know, we think that the, the devil has disrupted us from meeting as a church, but all God did is just scattered the church. He scattered the church so that the gospel, so that grace would scatter and extend to more and more people. And so this vision of multiply is not only our vision organizationally as a church, we want to multiply campuses and churches, yes and amen, but we want it to be organically true of our families. Each and every disciple of Jesus, where the belief system comes to you through the spirit of God and then comes through you and extends to more and more people. Why? Not so that the church gets bigger, but so that grace extends and thanksgiving is multiplied and then God is more glorified. 
And this is the part that I think church people forget. Again, leading a church and leading a large church is not about making the church larger. It's about making hell smaller. It's about more and more people knowing Jesus. And so why is it a bad thing for a church to grow? Why is it a bad thing for a family to grow or for it to multiply? It's not because the more it multiplies, the more grace is extended to more and more people. Therefore, the more people are giving thanksgiving to God, which glorifies God more. This is why I told you a few weeks ago, we're in a unique moment in history. And as the church, we shouldn't step back in this moment. We should step forward into this moment. We should step into this moment and say, listen, we have the bedrock belief system that the world needs. We have the hope, the grace that the world needs. And so this is why it's so important. Again, this is why I wanted to spend some time on this. It's so important for you to get your bedrock beliefs down not only just for you so that through you, other people can have the opportunity to have those same beliefs become the bedrock in their life. That's why we also believe and so we also speak. So we'll talk more about that next week. Then verse 16, he says this. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. So here's what's crazy. You see the same format that Paul uses. We believe God's going to raise us with Jesus so we don't lose heart. We believe so we don't lose heart. Very simple format. And this is what I want to encourage you with again, because we all need some encouragement. You will lose heart if you don't know who God is. You will lose heart if you don't have bedrock beliefs. If you haven't written them down, again, we've even got kids coloring sheets on there because we want you to involve your kids in this. Again, this is a family affair. I want you to get creative with this. You may write down your beliefs and, you know, have some Etsy thing made and put it on your wall or I don't know, get a tattoo of them. I I don't care. The point is this, whatever it is, you need to know what it is because it's those beliefs in who God is that's going to enable you to not lose heart. That's going to enable you to get through any season in your life. And that's what Paul's saying here. Why? Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Is being renewed. What's interesting, this is written in what's called a present passive. So it's present tense, but it's passive voice, which means it's presently happening, but we're receiving it. Someone else is doing it. And so here's what we know to be true. Our outer self is wasting away. Again, and this is one of the problems of living in such an amazing country like America is the comfort that we experience on a weekly and monthly basis in this country and when it's normal can lull us into sleep about the dangers that exist for the rest of the world. And so what this virus has done is waking us up to the reality of, yeah, we don't live forever. We will die. We do get sick. Even believers suffer. And so our outer self is wasting away. And again, you should work out. You should be healthy. You should do everything that you can do. But you need to understand something. Literally, the older that you get, the more your body breaks down. That's what this word literally means. It it starts to decompose. And you may think that that's 40, as we say, is over the hill, but it's actually 25. And so all you 26-year-olds out there, you're over the hill now, all right? After 25, your body stops growing and it starts declining. So our outer self is wasting away. Sorry to depress all of you, all right? But our inner self, our soul, our spirit is being renewed day by day. So we don't lose heart. 
Well, how is it renewed? Look at the last two verses, then we'll wrap it up. For this light, listen, listen to this. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. I don't think anybody would call this crisis a light momentary affliction when it sh- shut down the world economy. Millions of people have had the virus. But here's what's crazy. The Bible calls it a light and momentary affliction. Why? Because anything that happens on earth now is nothing compared to an eternity forever. So one day in eternity, we'll look back on this and think, yeah, that was a light and momentary affliction. Compared to an eternal affliction of hell, this is light and momentary. Light means it's not heavy, momentary. For an, uh, it's, it's limited, it's fleeting, it's not lasting, it's for a brief period of time. But here's what I want you to see. And again, this is what the gospel does. It turns these afflictions into preparation. It says it's preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Listen to me, church. Your faith, the spirit of God that that works this into you during this time, what the precious treasures that he's working in you. Pastor Chad, ironically, used this exact same verse in Rev Students this last week, and he was talking about the treasures that we have in jars of clay. Those treasures that God is working in us one day will outweigh anything that we went through right now. What's crazy is this phrase here, beyond all, com- all comparison, is a Greek word that you know. Literally, you want to know what the Greek word is? The Greek word is hyperbole. That is literally the word, beyond all comparison. Well, we use the word hyperbole when we're exaggerating, Right? We're exaggerating. You use hyperbole when you go fishing and you say the fish was this big and it was really this big, right? But what's crazy, it's not hyperbole if there's nothing else to compare it to. So when Paul says, listen, one day the treasure that he is gonna work in you will be exposed, you'll see it and it will be hyperbole. Although at that point in time, it actually won't be hyperbole. It'll be true. It'll just be beyond anything else because you had nothing else to compare it to. So my friends, listen, you can come out of this season better. You can come out of this season with the bedrock belief system that God's working in you that one day you will see and experience the eternal glory that God grew in you in this time. And again, this is what I love about God. God takes the worst things and makes them the most fertile ground to grow things. I mean, think about that. Again, I've said this often, but what is the most fertile thing that we can put into the ground for plants to grow? It's manure. So God can take the worst thing and make it the most fertile thing. I mean, if you were gonna create a planet, would you have put that in as the process? I don't think so. Because it takes something that none of us would want. None of us wanted this light and momentary affliction. None of us want suffering. None of us want bad things to happen. None of us want, dare I say, manure in our life. But if we can step back and look at the circumstances with a different set of eyes, then we can actually be renewed 
inwardly through this process, which is what he says in verse 18. Look at, look at this. He says, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. What's crazy, what's cool to me is this phrase here, as we look, is written in a present active. So present tense, active voice. Let me put these two together for you. You can't renew yourself, but you can control where you look. You can't renew yourself. You can't make yourself better on the inside. That's a work of grace. That's a work of God, but you can control where you look. And what's interesting is this phrase here, it is written this phrase of as we look to the things that are not, or to unseen, not seen, it's a circumstantial participle. And here's what's really cool about that is what he's getting at is as we look to the things that are unseen, it creates a different circumstance. So it's circumstantial in that if you don't look in the right places, then you won't be renewed inwardly. If you do, then you will. So here's what I want you to hear, church. You may not can change the circumstances around you, but you can change the circumstances in you. You may not can change the circumstances outside of you, but you can change the circumstances inside of you. As you look to the things that are not seen, as you look to the eternal things, as you look to him who raised Jesus from the dead, as you look to him, you can be renewed day by day by day. The Bible says God's mercies are new every morning. And so maybe you're in the thick of the worst circumstances around you. Dare I say, maybe you have a lot of manure around you and you're in the valley, man. And you're thinking there is no way that any good can come out of this. That's what they thought when Jesus was killed too. But you better have a rock solid bedrock belief system that says, even in this, I'm keeping my eyes fixed on Jesus as Hebrew says. I can look to the unseen and I can trust him to renew inside. So you can't control it outside, but you can control where your eyes look. And so we are responsible for looking. God is responsible for renewing. So you look to him. You keep looking to him. Again, this is why we want you to write down these belief statements. We want you to work this out with your family. What is it that you believe? God is this, therefore I will this. And as you do that, the word of God comes alive in you through the spirit of God and reminds you that even in the worst of circumstances, God can work it for your good. And so that's why I wanted us to take a few weeks and really spend some time and write out what it is that we believe. What it is that we believe about who God is because if we can do that and we can get those bedrock belief systems, it can change the circumstances in us as we look to him. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for loving us. God, thank you that because of Easter, we believe that since you raised him from the dead, you'll raise us with him from the dead. So God, I pray as we take some time over these next few weeks and as a church family, as we start to work out and write down what our belief statements are, what we believe you to be, 
God, help us to not only believe that, but then start behaving out of that. If we believe you're sovereign, God, then help us to behave by trusting you. If we believe that you are good, help us to live that faith out. And then God, I pray that as we work out our beliefs, we'll speak them because there is a world around us who desperately needs to know the hope that we have. They desperately need to hear us speak up, to speak truth, to speak faith because we want grace to extend to them. We want more and more people. We want the gospel multiplied because the more that are giving thanks to you, the more you're glorified as God. But God, we know there's also people here today that don't believe you. And God, I pray that this crisis has made them Look at the foundation of what their life is. If their foundation was the government, if their foundation was gold, if their foundation was a job, if their foundation was family, if their foundation was anything else but you, then that has been shattered because the illusion is over. And this crisis has forced us all to wake up. So God, if there is somebody here today who has not trusted Jesus, I pray right now that you would save them that you would open their eyes through the preaching of your word, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Again, in this moment, you know, I normally tell people to not look around or close their eyes, and I don't know where you're at or what distractions you have, but I want to encourage you. Just ask yourself, what is it that I believe? And if you don't believe in Jesus, then today we can settle that, and you can have him as your bedrock belief system. If you believe that God raised him from the dead, you trust in him and you confess your sins to him, then God will raise you with him. So if that's you, if you want to pray and trust Christ right there where you are, you can pray with me. And it goes like this. Say, Father, thank you so much for loving me that you sent your son Jesus in my place for my sin. I ask you to save me. Forgive me. I believe. I believe in Jesus and that you raised him from the dead and that with him you will raise me too. Now, again, if you prayed to trust Christ today, we want to know about that. So please text the number on your screen so we can get connected with you. We want to help you take your next steps. And then for those of us who have already trusted Christ, again, we want you to take some time this week yourself or as a family or maybe in your group, you can do this in your group. Again, this will be a part of our group guide this week to really work it out together. Hey, what is it that you believe? Just like the guy who came to Jesus, he said, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's what groups are for. That's what we're here for. That's what the church is for. You can say, man, I believe, but help my unbelief. And maybe in your group, y'all can work through these I believe statements, these we believe statements where, where you, man, I didn't think about God being like that. Man, that really helps me. So whatever it is, I pray that you would be so encouraged this week that the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead will start to work in you as you work out these bedrock foundational belief systems in your life, and then I'm praying that they become the things that you go back to. Again, those shelter scriptures that hold you in the storm. 
Father, thank you so much for loving us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.